Alrighty, hello everyone and welcome back to the Reformed Dissenters, the show where Reformed Christians dissent against popular ideas of culture by asserting a biblical worldview. I'm Bruce Johnson, joined of course by my brother Jacob Johnson. Hello everybody. And today is Literature Wednesday, which means of course we are going through a book. If you're new to the show, we do this every month. We go through a book, uh, hopefully the entire book on the show, sometimes that doesn't exactly happen, and given things that are happening this week, <laughs> that may not be happening uh, this month, but uh, we're going to try our darndest. We're going to see what happens. Uh, and the reason I say that is because I am going to be moving uh, to Moscow, Idaho, um, the week of August 20th. So there's not, there, I think we've decided collectively not to produce uh, any episodes that week, so we just get a week off. Um, which is, you know, kind of nice every once in a while. That doesn't usually happen, but we get one week. Well, the audience so, does, but we don't. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah, we're going to be packing, so <laughs> we don't get a week off. Um, but we get a week off from producing the show, so that's going to be nice, a little, little less stressful for us. So, anywho, thanks so much for listening. Um, Last week, we went through chapters one, two, and three, but this week, we are going through chapters four, five, and six. So we might have said like four chapters or alluded to that before, but now we're, we're yeah, we're just going to do three because it fits a little better because the last one here kind of ends a section and then chapter seven picks up something else. So we figured, hey, that works better for next week anyways. Uh, but before we get into all that, we have to do what we always do, which is talk about our verse of the week. And Wednesday means, of course, that Jake does that. So we'll pass it over to him. Take it away. Yeah, and our verse this week is 1 Samuel 12, verse 14. And it says, if you, if you will fear the Lord and serve him and obey his voice and not rebel against the commandments of the Lord, and if both you and the king who reigns over you will follow the Lord your God, it will be well. So. Uh, I don't have much to say about this one other than the fact of what we covered on Monday. So this is going to be very much a recap, uh, mainly because I think that's the most important part of this verse is what it's talking about is that if you and the king who reigns over you. So we, we like to always bring in Romans 13 uh, and try and make sure people understand what it means, but that the king is to follow God's law. And this is saying exactly the same sort of thing, that if you and the king who reigns over you will follow the, the Lord, your God, it will be well. And that Romans 13 talking about that the, the government is a terror to good, not to evil. It, and that we have moralistic language there, that this is good is something that is given to us by God. If we understand the moral law, and if we understand that without God's word, we cannot understand morality. So morality can only be something that is understood through a biblical perspective. So if things are good and if things are bad, that means it has to be governed by God's law. So for a government to be a terror to good, sorry, a terror to bad, it would have to follow God's law. And it, and exactly the same thing here without as many words, that if you and the king who reigns over you will follow the Lord your God, it will be well. So, yeah, that's what I got. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks, Jake. That was good. Um, yeah, part of that uh, that I think you're, you're, you're right on top of is, is the fact that 
they don't get to just do whatever they want, which is, you know, it's exactly what you stated. Um, mm-hmm. They have to follow the commandments of God just as much as the individual does, right? They're just another government, just like the family government, just like the civil government. There's not, or just like the individual government, rather. There's nothing special about them that excludes them and somehow gives them the right to do whatever they want. The church doesn't have that. The fa- thank goodness. The family doesn't have that. Thank goodness. The individual certainly doesn't have that. Thank goodness. Why the heck should the civil government have that? Makes no sense. Right. And this verse disproves that entire idea that they get to make up laws as they go along that are just on a whim and that don't meet the word of God's standards. So, uh, yeah, very cool. Very cool. There's a lot there, and uh, we'll chat just a little bit more about that on Friday. But uh, we hope that that verse was informative to you. If you in the audience got something else from it or uh, maybe studied this a little bit more or what have you, maybe you just agree with our opinion or disagree with it, send us an email, trdshow at protonmail.com with your thoughts on what we've uh, talked about with this verse thus far. Uh, Okay, so we're moving into four chapters here. We got chapter four, five, and six. Three chapters, not four. Sorry, my bad. Still still in the mode of four chapters from last book. Yeah, because last month we got to the end of the month and we were like scrambling to get it done, which was really unfortunate. And we, we might have a similar situation just because we're running out of time. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, a month seems well, so long until you have to live in it. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, it wasn't it the first book that we were scrambling with where we true. got it down kind of for the second book the second book yes. went a lot better at least uh, i uh, forgot yeah i don't know if our audience would say that or not but i think it <laughs> works. let's be optimistic jake let's just let's take the win even though they didn't give it to us and pretend like they did that's that's how i roll so yep. for the three chapters that we're going to be discussing today this week is uh chapter four shasta falls in with the narnians chapter five prince corin Chapter six, Shasta among the tombs. So um, hopefully you've read those chapters. You're familiar with what we're chatting about here, what we're discussing. Um, Some very interesting themes came up. And, you know, like I said, this to me, this book is less of a um, less of a none of them are theologically heavy. If you look at the surface, right? None of them are are hitting you over the head with theology. But if I had to say which one does that the least out of all the books, it might be this one to some extent until you start getting into future chapters where you start seeing providence come up and you start seeing uh, those sorts of things, which we'll see later. But that is kind of till this point, I would I would have to agree because uh, thinking about it, Voyage of the Dawn Treader. Oh, sorry, uh, Prince Caspian. Um. I don't know. Prince Caspian has, I think Prince Caspian might be right on with probably very similar to this one, uh, or at least from my perspective, doesn't have as isn't as theologically heavy, and I can't pull out as many uh, <clears throat> instances. But Voyage of the Dawn Treader certainly, uh, Silver Chair certainly, and the Last Battle certainly. Uh, so yeah. Yep. Yeah, I, I mean, Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Yeah, yeah, that one's Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, Magician's Nephew. Those are very, vi- there's so many different implications. For this one, the story is the point. And yeah. it's, a, it's very subtle, 
But yeah, of course, there are, like we've said before, if you truly have a biblical worldview, you're going to be consistent with that. And so as part of that, you know, Lewis having a consistent worldview, Christian worldview, he can't help but write some of that into his yeah. books. So we're discussing some of those things in addition to parts of the story. But one of the things that in chapter four, you know, this is the this is the point in the story. Spoiler alert. I'm just going to spoil some of it because we have to. We're breaking down this book. I mean, what else? What, what did you expect when you saw the title? Um, so if you haven't read it, stop now. Go back and read it. I'm just going to assume that if you're listening now, you've read the book, so we can spoil it just a smidge. Um, so this this was the chapter, chapter four, where uh, they're they're trying to sneak through the um, the city. What was the name? Oh, Tashban. That was the name yep. of the city. Um, and so because they have to cross through that city in order to get to Narnia, which is where this company of four, two horses and two humans are traveling to Narnia. Um, and so they have to cross through this city um, trepidatiously, very discreetly, very on the uh, tips of their toes. Uh, hmm. What did they do? They they like disguised the horses Dressed by making them all rough. Yeah. Yeah. Dressed yeah. as slaves. Yep. Yep. Yeah. They like ruined the horses tails in terms of like making them look shaggy. Their mane. Nice yeah. and prim and fine looking. Yeah. And you know, um, they had to, especially the way that they walk and then the way that they carry themselves yeah. as well. Yeah. Free, kind of looking down. Free as a, as a war horse holds oh, the his horses, head yeah. high, holds his head mm -hmm. high and he walks with regalness in a sense. Um, yeah. But then also the, Which, the that um, comes up later. That avarice. character trait. Yeah. 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 So Erevis, Erevis, also the same way because she's a uh, a princess, in a sense, uh, Tarkina. That's mm -hmm. what that's what they're called. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So now they've kind of snuck into the city and they're trying to make their way through without being seen. But the tricky thing is there's so many high officials and people who might recognize them, especially since they were in the high courts and whatnot. Well, Erebus was not yeah. Shasta. Um, so or even, even <laughs> that's Bree. what's assumed. Here's. Oh, yeah. Good. Yeah. Bree. Yeah. Because he's a warhorse. So so that's what's yeah. assumed is that Shasta. Oh, yeah. No one's going to recognize him. They're going to recognize the other ones because they're the proper ones and they're the wouldn't you know it mm. he's the one ah, you good. actually had to be worried about <laughs> which is hilarious apparently he looks like the uh the prince of uh, what was the land uh it's next to narnia yeah arkenland there it is yeah he looks like the prince of arkenland who knew they certainly didn't and so he uh the narnians come by and they mistake him for that and pick him up and grab him. They're like, Oh no, why'd you run away? What happened? Um, and everyone is shocked. They're all just like, Oh no, what's going to happen to him? This is the end. There's no, there's no hope for him because the funny thing is the, the, the land of Narnia has been, um, and no one talks well of it. Strangely, strangely enough, mm. they, at least the ones who, um, are blinded. Right. There are some that that are outsiders and they speak very highly of it. Oh, it's this magical land. It's really cool. But the ones yeah. who are blinded are thinking about it like a barbaric place full of barbarians and uh, horrifying people. And and so when he gets when the Narnians pick him up because they're like, oh, no, come back home. Why did you run away? 
he thinks this is the end. He's like, this is it. And and throughout the whole chapter, chapter four, he's constantly panicking. He's sitting there like, I can't tell them. I can't tell them what really happened. And, and even when the real prince comes through the window, he still is like, don't tell them because they'll hunt me down and kill me. Like, <laughs> he just has no idea of funny. what they're actually like. And so when yeah. they treat him well, when they try and comfort him, when they give him food, when they give, you know, all these things, pillows, extravagant things, he's like, just in total shock and he doesn't believe it he thinks there's like constantly some sort of trick this this can't be real there's no way this is real mm. which is interesting because it's like the whole time just waiting for him waiting for them to trip up and, and hurt him but they never do and i think that that speaks really well to the hospitality that we should have as christians like that is mm. that's a picture of someone that thinks we're not going to be hospitable someone that thinks we're not going to have that spirit of like hey let's bring them in yeah. let's take care of them that and that christian the most unexpected hate, way yeah the christians hate transgenderism and they're not open-minded <laughs> they are that too you know yeah there are these they these hate people, people who which means they want who them are intolerant yeah so they must be they must be evil and and yeah. uh mean people yeah right yeah i can definitely yep. see that yeah and we can't be we can't be that. We can't give in to what they want us to be because it will assuage their guilt, right? Because if we're not that, what does that make them feel like? Right. 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 Their consciences are their consciences are being pricked. But if they can get the person who is supposed to be following God to do something wrong, to mess up, to be the horrible image that they have in their mind, they've concocted to say well, you know, I shouldn't feel that bad because they're probably not that great. And so I'm probably just making it up. And so if they can get the other person to do what they do, then it's like, ha ha, see, great. Now I feel better because they did it too. Ha, yes. Right. Wonderful. Right. So, it, you know, don't, don't be that. <laughs> don't, don't fall for it. Be an example. Um, and the, the guilt that that will cause will put them in the right direction. If... You help them go in the right direction with that guilt. So, anywho, uh, Chad, that was chapter four. Was there anything else, Jake, in chapter four before we move on to the conversation the Narnians had in the room in chapter five? In a sense, something something that I wanted to point out, and I don't have much of a, you know, there isn't anything, you know, great with what I'm going to say, but it's just like uh, the the way that the national the nationalism of the of tashban that the higher ups are considered um to be the 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 best people ever and that they must be listened to no matter what they um that the in a sense it's like what is trying to be done today what we've what we've said is trying to be done they're trying to make the higher class higher and the lower class lower they're trying to mm. make this distinction, whereas America has been for a very long time, the nation of you can have an opportunity. The lower class has an opportunity to become part of the higher class if they if they work hard enough. However, yeah. it's it's being changed that there is no way if it that in, in communism, right, if you are a part of the lower class, there is no way you can ever be a part of the higher class. And in a sense, this is the same yep. thing. Whereas it it's not blocked by money, it's blocked by um uh your bloodline. It's blocked by mm. your who you were born to. Um 
So that, and then the difference between Narnia being a servant people that the that the kings that the queens are servants to their people. They are, and then this is very biblical that that they are um, that again Romans thirteen that that the government is servants to good that they are they are servants to God right to serve the people right they are our servants and all through we have the heads of every of every station being like servants in a sense you you have your your pastor who uh ministered as i talked about before minister being a servant being a uh ministered in latin means waiter so it is a it is a servant they are waiting on people uh and that's where we get our uh modern word minister from and we would call a pastor a minister right so that and i went into a rabbit trail so sorry bruce uh, <laughs> but uh so long yeah long-windedness short no that you was good move on. No, that, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that made that made that made sense there was some connection there that's all you need really you just need, just need, a, you need. a single string point of connection and there you go Connecting these two iron blocks yeah, right. I don't think you broke the string entirely. It's, it's starting to snap, but I think you made it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Prince Corin, that's chapter five. Um, kind of continuing on with the story, uh, the, the Shasta doesn't tell them, you know, who he is because he's still scared. He's like, uh, I can't tell them. So the funny thing is, is he kind of just sits there in shock. And what I found was interesting. I was, you know, reading through it. I was expecting him to come into the conversation or them to reference him, but they didn't, they kind of just like went on with their conversation, leaving him rest. Um, and he feels guilty because he was sitting in and eavesdropping technically on a conversation that was private, very private, right? This was mm -hmm. planning the, their escape because they realized, Oh shoot, uh, things are going to about to go very badly here. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah. So anywho, that that was interesting, but I think it's funny conversation... that I'm um, I'm sorry to cut you off, but it's funny that they're trying to get to Narnia, right? They have the kings and queens of Narnia right here who could help them <laughs> get to Narnia. Right. And instead of yeah. taking their help, yeah. He's too afraid of them to even ask them for help, you know. Yep. To even yep. tell them who he is. Yeah. yeah, I didn't think about that, but that's a good point. Yeah, that's that's pretty funny. Just the the fear and blindness of not being around those sorts of people. and the fact yeah. and the fact that they're escaping themselves. You know, mm -hmm. both both parties are trying to escape. Right. You know, yeah, they could help each yeah. other. Yeah, but one interesting thing, you know, there's the um, what was the what was the guy's name who was trying to. Mary Susan. Tisrock? No. He was the son of the Tisrock. Well, what was his name? Oh, I forget his name. Anywho. Yeah. Um, yeah. But he uh but he was he brought, you know, the kings and queens to uh Tashban because he wanted to marry Susan eventually. Um but he turned out to be a completely different person in his own land. And I was trying to find this quote earlier. I know it's in here somewhere, but there's something about um, 
he looks complete or he acts completely different when he's amongst his own people. Um, where is this? I don't know. Anywho, it was an interesting, you know what I'm talking about, right, Jake? Yeah, no, I do. The world Um, is that. And it's, it's that's whole, that's, that part is interesting because it's like the marrying outside of your country, right? It's the, um, and that you have to be careful because these people have a totally different culture and they put on a face when they're in your, your nation, right? Cause they have to yeah. follow your laws. But then when you see them in their own nation, it's like, Oh, this is how they the actually, are down. this is how they actually react. Yeah. And that we yeah. you have to be careful of who, especially who you, um, uh, marry. Exactly. So, yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I thought that was a really good illustration of that as well. Um, because you, you have a better sense when they're among their own people of who they actually are mm-hmm. when they're, the guard is down and when it's like, Oh, this is, you know, not them uh, putting on a show anymore. So you get a better insight into what they actually act like. And to kind of put that into our terms, right. To, for us to understand that if we're, thinking of the courting process, right? Yep. Among their own people, Mm -hmm. these people are then among their own families. This is why it's families and families coming together that you have this person going back with their family and how, how do they act with their family? How do they, how do they carry themselves with their family? Like they can, Mm -hmm. they can put on a face, they can put on a facade. They can, you know, act like a different person to you by themselves. But when they're with their family, who are they? You know, yeah, yep, exactly. I was hoping you would go there with that. Yeah, so that was good. Um, very cool. Well, we have nine minutes left, which gives us just enough time to chat about this final chapter, chapter six. Um, this one is where we is this where we, yeah, it is. No, it's the second time. I'm not gonna. Do you know what I'm talking about? You don't, You're I barely be just, do because okay. I know It'll what this just, chapter is. You'll be just as surprised maybe then in a few chapters as the audience will be. <laughs> Is this well, having to do you with... Yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay. Because uh... <laughs> I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, 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 maybe. We kind of know where each like other two is. Two words and this is not... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everyone else is very confused. Anywho, mm-hmm. um, this is like the second time that something happens that's going to come up at the end of the book. That you didn't know was happening. Yeah, I I can be very (laughs) mysterious and vague if I want to be, Jake. I got a lot of practice on the current events episode doing this. (laughs) But I intro what you're going to talk about before you talk about it. And I don't want to give stuff away. So anywho, that's what I'm doing now. Um, But you probably in the audience know what I'm talking about. But it's in the graveyard. If you've read the book. Right. So there is a rendezvous point. And that's in the graveyard. And there was this interesting conversation that happened a few chapters back about the whole like evil spirits and um, some people, you know, in the this culture, uh, the Kellerman culture, um, they're all scared of, of evil spirits and think that they hang around tombs and all of that. What's up? You have a face. That's interesting because of the um, the whole culture of the Jews with uh, with yeah. whitewashed tombs if you walk over a gra- grave okay. that you were yep. um you were deemed unclean or whatever you know yeah yeah that there That's was that and that whitewashed tombs were 
a very bad thing and that Jesus mm-hmm. called called the Jews whitewashed tombs. Not uh, so yeah. Yeah. But that's that's very interesting that sort of tie in. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of cultures too um that that have those same superstitions. But anyways, even through all of that they still decided that the tombs were the best place to rendezvous. So Shasta after jumping out of the window and escaping the Narnians who uh, were going to just completely kill him. Uh, he could have sworn um, runs to <laughs> runs to the rendezvous point, but it's dark and it's night and he's getting terrified. Um, and so that goes on and on. Um, and it's painted very well. I, I'm not doing this justice nearly at, at all. Highly recommend <laughs> you reading. Don't have Kalaman speech. I don't. I don't have storytelling capabilities in that way, and I also don't want to give it away. But, um, but it was really well written and painted this picture of just a horrifying scene. Um, and then there's this cat, just strange, and some strange things happen with this cat for like a second. It. It, like he dreams that it turns into this really big cat and then scares off all these other wild creatures that were going to eat him. And it's, it's there's a strange very dream, very strange very scene that dream. happens. Here. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, um, we'll talk more about that particular scene in a future chapter because that's <laughs> going to come up and it is quite the reveal. But um, there's there's so much. The, the, the really cool thing with this book, with this story is. There's so many things that you just have to pay attention to. So many things that happen. Um, and like I said earlier, uh, in a pre- oh, it was last week I said that. The mechanism, the storytelling mechanism that Lewis uses is this whole throwing you in a situation and not really explaining much. And then going back later and explaining what actually happened and got you there. And mm-hmm. what's funny is the whole book ends up being that mechanism. The whole book is that. Yeah. And you don't even realize it till the end. He uses it in little little pivots all throughout the book. Little examples of, whoa, what just happened? Oh, and then he goes back in time and flashback. Let me show you how we got here. Does that three or four times throughout the book. And then turns out the whole book is one big boom reveal at yeah. the end. Yeah, it's it's cool. <laughs> so this is one of those moments. And so I would I would encourage you to like read through this spooky chapter. Um, and but that see if you it- can figure out what's being described here. Yeah. Well, he does it again in the next chapter, um, explaining kind of what's going on with Erevis, right? Okay, I just, yeah, that's right. Yeah. From just the reading the, the chapter title, right? Yeah. I'm not, hopefully I'm not spoiling anything, but it's no. going back to, to Erevis mm-hmm. and talking about what happened there. Um, yep. after, as, after he was taken, after Shasta was taken. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So anywho, um, that's about it. We're not going to keep going on. Um, we're going to kind of stop there, but hopefully this kind of sparked your interest in some of these episodes. Seasons. No chapters. I did it again. I at least seven minutes. Yeah. I've just added another. (laughs) It's kind of like, I feel like I'm watching a TV show when I read these books. Mm, They're so darn good. That's true. So descriptive. That that can be very true. That's why why I keep getting that stuck in my head because I'm like, oh, in episode one, this happened. And then episode two. (laughs) Right, right. Anywho. Um, this was cool. I, I loved this part of the story. The next part is cool as well. I mean, I, I don't think I could pick a favorite chapter out of here, except maybe, oh goodness, I don't know. 
I don't know. It's it, yeah. Maybe the end. Maybe yeah, the end. The end. But the end. It's yeah. it's all so good. So highly recommend looking back through it, reading through it yourself. But anyways, these were some of our takeaways, and we were focusing a little bit more on the practical theological side of things, which I don't like to do for a fantasy book like this because it takes away the. It does, but you know, I, I, I wanted to pull out some of those and Jake pulled out some of those as well. Cause I, I just, there's so many in here that I think are really good to get. And especially to like kids won't get that right. Reading through it, but adults can, which is why this isn't just right. like a kid series. It's kind of a series right. for all sorts of people, um, which is, which is kind of neat. Um, so anyways, we'll leave it there. Thank you. Uh, Jake, any final words before I don't, I'm not going to leave you out of the conversation. <laughs> nope. I, I feel like I've been very in this conversation. You have. I feel like I've have. taken over too much for you. You so. have not done that. That's for sure. <laughs> Anywho, thank you in the audience so, so much for watching or listening to us today. Don't forget our show website is trdshow.net. Send us an e- email, trdshow at protonmail.com. We're looking forward to hearing from you and... We will see you on Friday. We've got quite the discussion topic coming up and coming at you. Jake has done quite a lot for uh, the prep for this one already. And I'm super excited to chat with this topic with him. Uh, And uh, you all get to listen in on it. So you don't want to miss our Friday episode. We will see you then. And remember, everyone, in all that you do, do it as unto the Lord.